Hello, I'm Steve Evans. And I'm Alex Crow. Welcome to Talk of the Times. We're standing outside one of the most iconic buildings in Australia, the Australian War Memorial, and it's undergoing a transformation. A $500 million transformation, a noisy transformation. Workers started on demolishing part of it to expand it here at the back. And we've got with us Doug Dingwall and Sarah Basford Canales, who cover the story for the Canberra Times. First, Doug, can you paint a picture of what's planned for the site? Alex, this is a 10-year project that is going to transform how the Australian War Memorial is going to look. Probably the most visible change to the War Memorial that will come will be that there'll be a new Anzac Hall. They're going to demolish the old Anzac Hall and they're going to replace it with a new one and it's going to create 4,000 square metres of additional gallery space. There'll be a new glass link to the main building, another really visible change to the War Memorial and its look that'll host large technology objects, so think large aircraft, think large armoured vehicles. And there's going to be a new southern entrance and a new parade ground. It'll be totally different in shape. There'll be less curves. It'll be more square, more rigid compared to what you see today. And we've got with us to discuss these changes, Shannon Batterson, the national president of the Australian Institute of Architects. Shannon, first of all, what do you see in front of you and how do you feel about it? It's actually incredibly difficult for me to stand here right now as both an architect and a member of the defence community. What I see before me is an act of utter vandalism to a building that's owned by the Australian people and when, with a situation where the Australian people have been completely and utterly ignored. That's a strong way of putting it, vandalism. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's barbaric. When buildings get put together like this, you know, you see an immense amount of care and thought, money and energy that go into creating a really incredibly bespoke, award-winning piece of public architecture. And yet when you see it pulled down, and I know words like um, deconstruction are being used and things like that, but it is diggers, you know, construction vehicles tearing off walls. It's not being deconstructed, it's being demolished. And that's just vandalism in every sense of the word, I think. So the existing Anzac Hall, which we can see in front of us now, is is an incredibly low-lying form. It had incredibly beautiful grassed mounds that ran up to the underside of the roof, which made the building incredibly recessive to the main War Memorial building. It was an act of reverence to the main War Memorial building. But the new one will be bigger and it'll get more people in. Look, I don't think the War Memorial could ever be accused of not attracting enough people. And I say that as the wife of a veteran who spends a lot of time here. The defence community used the building for moments of, you know, complete sombre memory and recognition of the cost of war that we've all paid for the cost of our democracy. And nobody needs it to be a Disneyland. Nobody needs it to have large attractions and have, you know, thousands and thousands of people flood through the doors. I think one of the important things to note is that whilst the demolition of the building has been approved, it was approved as part of early works with the removal of trees and what is to go in its place has not yet been approved. And I think that it's more important than ever that the Australian public voice their opinion on what we actually want for our war memorial and what can go in its place. Except there is that phrase, the facts on the ground. And the facts on the ground, we can see them in front of us. They are diggers, an oversized load lorry, unloading another digger and lots of men in hard hats. The facts are there. That, that thing ain't going to be undone. 
No, the demolition cannot be undone. I think the fact that they rolled demolition gear in early on a Sunday morning shows that they were intent on getting the demolition underway and to a point where it couldn't possibly be stopped. But what goes in its place is absolutely not yet approved. So I think one group that has been noticeably quiet in this promotion of this um, building are the very group who are supposedly to be represented by the new building, and that's the veterans. And I can say with absolute surety that not a single veteran that I have spoken to is in any way for this project. My own husband will not come near the War Memorial now because he can't stand to see what the War Memorial are making of these grounds. I've got with me Matt Anderson, director of the Australian War Memorial, and we're looking out at the work as it's being done. We're currently on the base of Mount Ainsley, looking back behind for your, your listeners, and what they'll actually see is remarkably the same. They will see an Anzac Hall that is approximately the same height and the same dimensions, although will have gone down about nine metres in order to create a two-storey building. They will see a precinct that is easy and accessible for people who are uh, mobility impaired. They will see a place that is, uh, I imagine, will be award-winning in terms of design, in terms of its scope, in terms of its reach. But importantly for, for all Canberrans and all Australians, some things won't change. They will still see the Byzantine dome behind me. They'll still see the, uh, the heritage facade that everyone knows and loves of the Australian War Memorial. Those things will remain untouched. They will see a new southern entrance. They will see a new Anzac Hall. And they'll see a new Bean building where they can come and they can research. But for $500 million, obviously, there's a lot of change. So what will that change be and why do you need to make it, do you say? What that change will be, in a word, is space. We will have more space, more gallery space, in order to tell the story of contemporary service. Because we've created 100,000 veterans over the last 30 years and currently we don't have the space to tell their stories in the same way that we've been able to tell the stories of their forebears up to and including the Vietnam War. This is about space. This will give us more space to tell the stories of contemporary service and sacrifice. One criticism is that you need the space for hardware, toys for boys, tanks, whatever, big aircraft, and that doesn't fit the somberness of the atmosphere that there should be here. It becomes almost a theme park. The Australian, no decision has been taken about what's going into the galleries at all, not a single decision about what's going into the galleries. So I'm, I'm you know, always amused by that comment about people telling me what's going into it. But people just need to be assured that everything that goes into the War Memorial in the redevelopment will go in because it has a story attached to it and it allows those who have served to find a point of connection and it allows those who have not served or have no connection with the Australian military history and the impact of war on our nation, they can look at those objects the big and the small and have a much greater understanding of what it is that makes Australia. Matt Anderson, thank you very much indeed. Sarah, there has been attempts to gauge whether or not there is support for this redevelopment. Can you tell us what the public have given us feedback? There's been criticism really since it was first announced back in 2019 and that's for a number of reasons including the heritage value and the architectural value of the Anzac Hall which was slated to be demolished. So the total cost is coming in at around $500 million, and some have said that that money could be better spent. There have been a number of interest groups along with um, former war memorial directors and former defence chiefs who've outlined why is this necessary in the first place. I guess the frustration that a lot of these opponents of the redevelopment have is that they felt like they haven't been listened to throughout this process 
it's gone through a review of the heritage cost in, in terms of also the environmental impact. It's also gone through a parliamentary committee which essentially approved the works and the final approval which gave it the seal it needed uh, was through the National Capital Authority to move ahead with early works. All democratically elected bodies. You don't get more democratic than Parliament and the bodies that Parliament appoints. It's funny you say that because the National Capital Authority isn't democratically elected actually. And there has been a lot of concern over whether that process was conducted fairly and whether people were actually listened to in the consultation phases. We have seen protests down here since works began. Is there any opportunity for an end to this construction or are we going ahead as planned? It's very unlikely that the construction is going to stop now. I'd say the wheels are well in motion. Construction is starting right now in front of us. Anzac Hall is being torn down. Chances of, of this stopping at this stage are probably next to zero. It's got the backing of both the Coalition and Labor. I'd be very surprised to see if we saw a change at this stage. Doug, who does want this upgrade and why? There are a few people who clearly do want the upgrade. That includes Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who announced this project in 2019. It also includes Labor MPs who threw their support very quickly behind this project, albeit that some have expressed some reservations about the shape of the, of the new development in more recent months. And we know that there are officials within the War Memorial that strongly want this as well. And as a collective group, the War Memorial has been proposing and promoting this project for a long time. Now, its most vocal advocates, its most effective advocates have been former War Memorial Director Brendan Nelson and the current War Memorial Director Matt Anderson. But really, it was Brendan Nelson who envisaged this project and who has been promoting it right from the beginning. Australian historians and other people are worried that the Australian War Memorial, as it currently is, doesn't do enough to reflect on the horror of war and actually borderline glorifies it. And that this development, by creating more room for large technology like aircraft and weapons and large armoured vehicle, will only glorify it more. This is an incredibly popular, beloved and revered institution. Just to give you a bit of perspective, it received 1.1 million visitors per year in recent years. That compares to about 200,000 a year when it was first constructed. So this is something that has captured the imagination of the Australian people. And so people do feel passionately about what this memorial should look like. The War Memorial has put forward survey results that it says shows that the expansion has broad support in the broader Australian population. And in the past, War Memorial officials have characterised opposition to this expansion as something that's confined to Canberra i.e. Canberrans and also elites such as academics, historians and architects. The truth is it's been very difficult to really gauge the true level of support in the Australian population for this development and quite honestly I don't think that anyone knows the true level of support for this expansion. Doug Dingwall, Sarah Vassard-Canales and Shannon Batterson, thank you very much. And Matt Anderson, Director of the Australian War Memorial here. And thank you for listening. Join us next week for Talk of the Times.